Hello, guys and ghouls, and welcome to a most scary episode of The Asterisk. Grab your goodies and gird your loins. It's going to be a mysterious and dark evening this time. Joining you from the hidden crypt below Senator Burns, it's your pre-skeleton and Vice President Spook Turtle. Ooh. Hello and welcome to the Asterisk. I am one of your hosts, Liam Hunter, your Vice President External. I am joined by... Your other host. My name is Ryan Morsett. I'm the President. Awesome. And as always, we are joined by our audio engineer, the ghost of William Ward, 3rd Earl of Dudley, the early 19th century um, industrialist from Britain and British politician, esteemed member of Parliament. Thank you, Lord Dudley, for appearing before us in your phantasmal form to be our audio engineer today for a specially ghostly and spooky episode (laughs) of Halloween, uh, the Halloween asterisk. asterisk. So guys and ghouls, I hope you've prepared yourself. I hope you've, as intro guy requested, girded your loins because we've got a real spooky one for you today. A spooky saint mystery. If you listen to the last episode, You'll know that we foreshadowed this mystery. It's a real stinker. I Yeah, and it is definitely a stinker. And you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I've been scared of this mystery ever since coming on SATE campus for the very first time. I have some theories about that, about why we should remain in fear. Remain before, in fear? Yes, but before we do that, I think I need to tell the story properly. Let's so let's begin. It. Whispers, gasps, and even some snickering and laughs. But one thing was for sure. The phantom pooper was getting stronger, braver, more disgusting and filthy than ever before. A frightening example of what humans will do to attract attention. Soon enough, it felt like every week the bathroom down the hall would be closed for cleaning and some sort of investigation. But what did this savage have to gain from pooping all over the floors at Sate? Surely no one knew about this other than students and faculty seeing social media threads and hearing conversations in the hallway. Wrong. Because at this point, it was way bigger than that. The phantom pooper had gained notoriety, and he was gaining power along with it. Patrick Bateman, for 106.7 The Drive. So, Ryan, I want to tell you a little story, a story that has been as big a part of Sate's history as just about anything, even the steam tunnels. Hmm. And that's the story of the Phantom Pooper. A tale as old as time. Oh, it is a tale. (laughs) We get Angela Lansbury in here to sing a spooky (laughs) version of that song. (laughs) The Phantom Pooper, Ryan, is a... uh, it's a real, it's a real thinker. You know, I would like to start with saying this is a cold case, but the poops were hot. <laughs> they were steamy, and uh, 
it is something that has hung like a bad smell over this campus ever since. Sometime in early 2012, unauthorized poops began to appear mysteriously on state floors. Does the existence of, unauthor- un- of unauthorized poops imply that there are authorized poops? I would say yes. I would say that authorized poops would be any poops that are targeted towards a poop recept- an authorized poop receptacle. Okay. Also known as a toilet. Okay. Has, Do- has Dr. Ross signed off on this authorized pooping policy? I think it's something he has to do every week, like an EFT yeah. payment. Like he has to Fair. sign off on all salaries. All authorized poop poops. Loca- poop receptacles, etc. Part of the job. But you know that. You're the president of this organization. Fair. Yes. You're, Very you're involved. signing those all the time. Mm-hmm. Around 2012, those poops began to appear on the floor mysteriously. And they started off small. Well, the poops were big, but the, the pooper started his crimes small. And his reign of terror began quite humbly. He was pooping mm, just, just away from the toilet on the floor inside the bathroom. So not, sometimes not even outside of the stall. Just not in the toilet. The janitors thought, of course, that this was no issue. They, I'm quoting a later article here, didn't really want to think about it. And so they would quote, just get in there, get the job done, and move on. But none of them could have known the horror that was to come. You see, Ryan, in late 2012, the poops not only started to get a little squishier, so the rumors say, (laughs) as if a truly terrifying lack of fiber was afflicting this madman. Mm. Perhaps that's what drove him to poop wherever he felt like. Mm, Perhaps. And I say he, but I'll get to that. I'll get to how we know it is, in fact, a he. Other than than the, the brazen entitlement that one must have to poop wherever they feel like. Down with the patriarchy. (laughs) The poops started to move into the middle of the bathroom floors. Still the men's. Always the men's. This is also probably pretty early evidence that it's a guy. Mm. The poops start to move into the middle of the floors, and then out of the bathroom entirely. No. The mystery begins to grow. In 2012, this reign of terror spreads across the campus, but is largely unreported. So the 2012 ray initial appearance, the initial run of the pooper, remains shrouded in a mystery. In 2013, X92.9 Calgary's Alternative posts on their Facebook page, Sate has a phantom pooper who was crapping on the floors of the men's washroom. Keep in mind, this guy pays for his schooling on this, on this campus. Imagine what he would be what would be done if the education was free. Food for thought. To then be turned into crap and left on the floor. Quote X ninety two point nine Calvary's alternative. This lasted through twenty twelve and twenty thirteen school years and um, left quite a bit of scarring of campus. Those who have seen it, those who I've spoken to who were around during that time, said that those who discovered the poops were left with great emotional turmoil, for which I will note they have never been compensated. Um, however, the poops began to fade into legend. It appeared that we were, we were okay. 
the pooper had left. And that with time, Sate might be able to begin to heal until 2014. 2014, the wheel reports. Crystal Schick, the news editor at the time, reports, Phantom Pooper returns. Crappy news at the wheel. I've got a news scoop for you, or a news poop, if you will, said Jen Pierce in an instant message on the evening of Monday, February the 3rd. Pierce, a second-year journalism student and the wheel's paper deliverer, had just finished her route around the state campus and had returned to the campus center office. She was then confronted by a crappy situation on the floor outside the wheel's door in the form of feces. According to Pierce, the dirty deed was done sometime between 5 p.m. when she left the office to do her paper delivery route and 6.45 p.m. when she returned. A calculated pooper has committed this in a very clean window. I can only assume he'd been staking out the wheel's offices for weeks in advance. Mm. This is methodical. This is cold. Once again, the poop was hot. We think. No way to confirm. There is no way to confirm, but... I mean, we should have gotten a coroner on site to date. She informed a custodian of the mess, and they reviewed video footage of the area. As far as leads go, quote, we have our suspicions, said Clark Gay, site security manager for Paladin Security at SAIT. Gay said security is, quote, actively monitoring the area where the incident occurred, and in an attempt to expose the individual or individuals. Multiple poopers? That is a theory. Wow. Or individuals that will take appropriate actions upon, identifi- uh, upon identifying the suspect. Or suspects. Or suspects. He also added that the reasons behind incidents such as these, quote, could be a combination of circumstances. Mm. I'm not sure about that quote. <laughs> could be a combination of circumstances. Wrong place. Wrong time. Have to poop. What are you going to do? You happen to do it right in front of the, the very people who you know are going to take this to press mm. and give you even more pu- publicity. We read about serial killers like wanting to get caught. Like Ed Kemper called in in the 70s or whatever, called in to radio stations or police stations and told them, like, look, it's me, the serial killer. This, I think, was a message. A message to every state student that no one is safe. And that those who write about the pooper in a negative light will meet his fecal fate. We're going to jump a little ahead here. Because there are spotty reports of the pooper reappearing. Or perhaps copycats. Copycat poopers. That's what I'm, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking about. Interesting theory. I think that's... The, I think that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. I think... Perhaps inspired by the news coverage. Exactly. I think by pooping in front of the wheel's office, he was sending out a resounding call to battle for all those with unruly colons mm. to further his reign of terror upon the city, in a much like a V for Vendetta-esque moon. Mm. And this has incited a number of copycats throughout the years to commit these atrocities. We have reports, spotty reports. I've spoken to some people who remember it happening as late as 2016. Ooh. Poops appearing throughout the campus. My question is this. What motivated this man's Cullen to do what he did? I want to know. 
Secondly, how did he get away with it? I have a report here. I have a report here written uh, again by 106.7 The Drive uh, by one of their writers. He goes by Patrick Bateman. I think that might be a, a nom de plume, so to speak, given that is the main character in American Psycho. And he reports that a, uh, a security guard was able to, not have to apprehend, but came face to ass with the culprit himself. Not literally, that'd be disgusting. But he's seen the butt, and he's seen the guy in what can only be described as a slippery chase. He gave chase, but unfortunately was not able to catch the pooper. So we know a few things about this phantom pooper. Let's build our profile, Ryan, the criminal minds. We know that this is a cold, methodical pooper who is motivated by fame and notoriety. Hmm. We know that when he got cocky enough to start doing it in public places, and he got caught, he was able to escape, hmm. which means he either bold. became... He's bold. He was getting bolder and bolder by the day. But we also know that he's incredibly fast. Right. Should we be turning our attention to members of... Do we have a track team? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> then we did, I'm sure. We did. Could this pooper be Star Trojan's track runner? Jeff the Flash Beestrom. Whoa. I just made that name up. Oh. <laughs> the next episode, we'll have to do a feature on Mr. Jeff and his fast poops. No, we need an extant suspect. I need someone to go through the records of the Trojan track team and find out if any of them have gastrointestinal issues. Maybe it and was the deliverer. Complex. Maybe it was the writer of this wheel article. You think it was an inside you think job? It, this, it could be a self report. <laughs> like Among Us, where Ex you kill them and you report exactly, yourself. Exactly. Exactly. This editor. You're accusing Crystal Schick. Crystal. The Honorable Crystal Schick, Crystal, news editor at the time. We would love to hear from Crystal because. I do want to hear the inside poop on this. <laughs> on this uh, issue, the stealing a pun from Crystal. As we accuse her of As being, the phantom, her of being the phantom pooper. I want to hear from Crystal. I want to hear from our listeners. If any of our listeners are aware of the Phantom Pooper, if they know him or any of the copycats. Or her. The security guard did claim that the, the fleeing pooper was a man, but you're right. If there are a number, if this is a cabal of some sorts. They did say suspects. They did say possible suspects. The keen reporters, uh, uh, investigators at uh, Paladin Security, Mr. Clark Gay, did report could be suspects mm. i think we need to talk to some lab techs mm. maybe if there's any samples left of this poop we can get a dna analysis mm. in the archives of course of unauthorized poops well you know that of course dr ross mandated the creation of the unauthorized poop archive mm -hmm. just to be able to differentiate the unauthorized poops from his the growing stock of authorized poops. Of course. The samples that they collect from all students as they come in. Of course, they're not doing it this year due to COVID. So if yep. you're a first year listening, just know that in your next year, you will need to poop in a bucket. I want to speak directly to the pooper now. A message to the pooper. A message to the pooper. Pooper, if you are listening, pay close attention. Sir, if you're out there, sir or madam, 
through her mouth or any anywhere else on on the spectrum i need you to come forward and i need you to face your crimes not in a way that will get you apprehended for those crimes cuz i'm pretty sure what's the lim- what's the limit on years and before you get away some statute of limitations i'm pretty sure the statute of limitations has lapsed on your unauthorized pooping you're good you're good but i want to know why were you distraught had someone just broken up with you bad exam in the gym bad exam what was your vendetta against miss schick the news editor at the wheel i want to connect these dots hmm. mr pooper if i can or call Ms. you that pooper. <laughs> or miss pooper if i can call you that Please come forward. We want to hear from you. And to any friends or acquaintances of the Phantom Pooper, I also want to hear from you. Getting in touch with this this poop master, let's be frank, has been a long-time dream of mine. Part of the reason I ran for this position, so I can get a big enough loudspeaker out there and I can eventually meet the poop master themselves. Liam, I have a terrifying question that I wonder if it has remained unanswered or simply unreported on. What is it? In the last episode, we talked a little bit about steam tunnels. You don't think that the Phantom Poober might have ever been in there. Do you think that's how he made his quick getaway from I the do. security guard? I do, Liam. Disappeared into that... the steam tunnels, and as we know, exactly. they are filled with pressurized, red-hot steam, and therefore he couldn't be chased by the security guard into there. The other terrifying part of this theory if no one's been in those steam tunnels for a while, perhaps there's a special gift in the steam tunnel that could help us reopen this case. Oh, my God. And help us find this phantom poop. Maybe he's still down there. Maybe there's a poop lair. A poop lair connected only by steam tunnels. <gasps> and the poops remain moist and pliant oh. forever because of the as steam. As is a dream, as is any dream of any type of phantom pooper. Everyone wants, like, you know how serial Your killers Your creations take... remain unsoiled. Yeah, and serial killers take trophies. Exactly. This guy poops in a moist environment to mm. ensure that he always has... Oh, my God. We're hunting on him. We are. Maybe the next step is to contact security and open up those team channels to find out once and for all. Well, Liam, it's a new security team now. I know. So Paladin's they're not, gone. It's they're not gonna have, or something. Exactly. They're not going to have this historical knowledge. We might have to involve the peace officers on this one. Ooh, going straight to the, uh, they're cops, right? Yeah, officers at least. Officers of peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to pull into the station now. Pooper, if you're out there, we want to hear from you. All is forgiven. There's no pressure. There's no bounty on your, on your ass. And, uh, please step forward. Any information at this time that could help solve this cold case, provide the peace officers with new leads, or did we just say that we were not going to try and prosecute him? Like, we don't care. We just want to know what's going on. (laughs) We just want to make the case not cold. Yeah. We want to make this case as hot and steamy as those poops you made all those years ago. Was it like eight years ago? This dude's probably a professional accountant now at this point. You can, you do not have to talk to us like with your real identity. You can be anonymous. Just come forward. That's all we're asking. And with that, I rest my poop case.
next segment, we're going to talk about something that is also terrifying to lots of students. Uh, and we're going to talk about something that is great, but not a lot of students know about. So this next segment, we're going to talk about learning in the plague times and OERs, which are, of course, open educational resources. So Liam, I know both of us are in classes right now, and we are in all online classes, and we have certainly encountered some difficulties with these classes. Yeah, to say the least. Definitely. Do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've encountered or your other classmates have encountered? Um, okay, first off, I want to preface this by saying hashtag not all instructors. We have some very in-touch instructors here at State sometimes who are really keen on all of the technological advancements that have come back come out in the last century. Liam, I think that's a really good point, too, that it's not all of these instructors. And actually, SAITSA has a really awesome awards program for instructors. We award one instructor from every single school um, every single year for our Instructor Excellence Awards. So if you have a great instructor that is doing a bang-up job to provide your online learning experience this year, make sure to nominate them. Um, we want to make sure that those instructors that are killing it are absolutely honored. So head over to saitsa.com slash awards, uh, the, the, the application process to nominate your instructor is very short, very quick, and we know they very much appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my instructor that's really killing it is a guy named Ben Millen. If you're listening to this, Ben, hello, hello. Um, he's been uploading all of the tutorials and lectures as videos right at the beginning of the week, but he's keeping the lecture, regular lecture times as kind of free form question and answer periods and help periods so that students who have questions after watching the tutorial or watching a lecture can go in and ask those questions. It's actually resulted in more net time of student interaction and question taking. So instead of uh, having kind of a negative impact on the teaching that was going to be happening, it's actually, in my mind, it's uh, the best way of kind of... Uh, what's the word, taking advantage of the, mm -hmm. the existing, uh, the positive aspects of online learning, mm -hmm. the asynchronicity. Mm -hmm. um, obviously we work full-time days uh, in our positions. For me, it's really hard to take time out of that day to go attend a class. Mm -hmm. And I have classes that even though they're recorded, if you want to ask questions, you have to be in that class mm -hmm. or you can email your professor, which we won't go into that's a classic student life, student issue <laughs> waiting mm -hmm. on your emails or coming back from professors mm -hmm. um but for students who and this is true for people who are working at home who might have kids at home who are doing uh, online learning or if they have multiple residents of their home like roommates who are if you're in such a confined space you can't all be in class at once asking questions it can be distracting um having that asynchronicity is a huge benefit definitely um, but then I have, uh, I've encountered and I've heard from my, uh, colleagues as well, incidents of teachers just not understanding how to share their screen yep. or, um, genuinely not getting invited to class. Yep. Like we, uh, we're supposed to do a classroom talk, me and you earlier this, uh, this semester, just to like talk to people during their orientation, get them to know SATSA. Mm -hmm. And classically, I think this is like the hallmark of it. This is the one I'll remember years to come. Is that they didn't get the right license to allow more than a hundred people in the Zoom call for an orientation for an entire program of like 
way over 100 people. Mm-hmm. And so we genuinely couldn't enter the Zoom lobby to, like, say our spiel. And classroom la- is full. It was like, classroom <laughs> is full. And I was like, there's what? probably a bunch of students getting this messaging, too. <laughs> like, like, you just you can't, can't go to class because the online room is full. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we didn't get the right license. Yeah. Like, it was a, it's a little iffy. So it's not all instructors, but it's definitely been some silly, uh, some silly issues. Like teachers just going mute halfway through mm-hmm. a lecture and not realizing they're muted and not checking the chat. Mm-hmm. And some people, that's whack. Have you seen anything funny? I have had a teacher that re- pre-recorded their lecture. But when the classroom time came along, this instructor expects all the students to show up. This, this teacher uh, started playing the lecture, but forgot to share the actual video of the lecture, and then walked away. <laughs> so all of the students were just sitting there like, what is going on? While the teacher just was doing stuff in the background. <laughs> Cooking themselves breakfast. Yeah, or something like that. I don't even know. That is ridiculous. Um, and I, I know another phrase that I'm sure we've all heard way too often in the last six months is, oh, I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> over and over and over again. You know, 10 times a day, at least two times a class. Oh, yeah. Just muted for like 20 minutes. And then like at the end, anyone have 20 any, minutes. Anyone have any questions? I've never been through one 20 minutes. Have you been through one no, that's that long? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that would be wild. I'm just playing in the space. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also were thinking about this and we touched on it a little bit in our last episode. But teachers probably have some hilarious stories from this as well of like Liam said in the last episode students falling asleep in class on camera or you know uh not being very discreet with their cameras I know I've seen some uh romantic goings on in the background not what you'd think just a nice little make out uh maybe not nice maybe we should cut that part out I don't know sounded (laughs) a little bit bad we're we're keeping it in (laughs) we're definitely keeping in the part where you called someone's makeout session oh no nice this is this is going to be the part that haunts me for the rest of my life (laughs) you're canceled impeach him impeach impeach more sad anyways yeah that happened I think you're I think you're right like teachers I would also like to hear from instructors um see if they have any uh funny stuff like uh we have a group discord for um, a lot of the students in my year of my program. I think that's not very uncommon. And <laughs> there are probably about four or five various postings of like, is this person asleep? <laughs> like, or just a <laughs> screenshot of the person sleeping <laughs> in their chair. Amazing. Like 8 a.m. classes, man. Yeah, amazing. People forgetting their cameras on, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, how do we get around that? There's really nothing to do. It's just yeah. the nature of online learning. Mm-hmm. My favorite, I think, is the people who just very obviously don't care. <laughs> and they, like, roll up to a 10 a.m. class with their camera on, very obviously in bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, fully in bed. Maybe even sleeping in bed. But, like, they just didn't. <laughs> they they know they're on camera. They know they're in bed. They know you know they're in bed. And they just, frankly, don't care. I wish it's I had online. that confidence. Yeah, right? I mean, I have um, air quotes, you know, like, internet issues happen oh, whenever yeah. I need to turn my video off, <laughs> which totally isn't because I'm in bed. 
hardcore. So sorry, I have a bunch of other people in the room like that. You know, they're all on their own calls, so it'd be weird if I turn my video on. Meanwhile, I'm <laughs> snoring. <laughs> um, and, you know, something that we we also wanted to talk about because it's really highlighted the importance of this issue is um, the COVID has uh, highlighted the importance of this issue is the fact that for the past many, many, many years, we've had extremely expensive textbooks. Very expensive textbooks. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the last episode, the price of textbooks since 1977 has risen uh, over a thousand percent, a thousand forty-one percent on average. That's what we we found. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean theme music. Yeah. Sounds in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that's a problem. And that's a problem. I think that all students are are focused on and can get behind for sure. Well, it's a problem not just for students. And I'm trying to, I know no publishers are listening here, but like the fact that like stu- a huge, a huge portion of students, though it's not talked about that often, they are pirating their books or like Definitely. finding copies online, post on forums and stuff. Mm-hmm. And those that's money that publishers are out of. Uh, mm-hmm. Or even, you know, let's say the, an instructor writes a book that's royalties that they're out of mm-hmm. uh, and they worked very hard on that. So mm-hmm. having prices be affordable um, is, is key. So we're having mm-hmm. right now we're having students uh, not pay anything to anyone for their books because mm-hmm. the prices are completely out of whack with inflation. I mean, mm-hmm. a whole lot of stuff's out of whack with inflation and post-secondary education, tuition included. Mm-hmm. But um Man, like it's kind of everyone, everyone loses. Mm-hmm. We also see students that don't pirate textbooks. They lots of the time just don't buy the textbook because they try and see how long they can go, you know, without having it because it lots of the time is a $200, $300 investment um, and they think that they can pass the course without it. I'm in one of those situations right now. There you I'm go. getting an A in this course right now. And I was told at the beginning, you will fail this course if you don't buy this textbook. And uh, I'm fine. I did not buy the textbook. Turns yep. out the teacher teaches you the information and you can write it down. Turns out. And, and I think that's really frustrating for a lot of people, but it, it also leads to uh, worse grades, you know? And, and in, a lot of, in a lot of cases, it, learns to, it leads to people not being able to finish their program because their grades drop or they can't actually afford the cost of the textbooks. Um, and it's just not worth it. And actually, we have a solution here. And it's a solution called OERs. And OERs is one of these mythical terms that lots of people have used already without even knowing it. Have you ever watched a video on YouTube of someone teaching you how to do a math problem, an engineering problem, a health problem, anything like that? I have probably learned more from some dude somewhere in central India uploading a lesson to YouTube than I have from my own parents. Exactly. And that's an OER which is great. Uh, Khan Academy, another great, great shining example of OERs. When I was taking my uh, first year differential calculus class at UBC, um, I am not a math person. So I would have failed that course for sure if it wasn't for all of the practice problems and videos that I got from the wonderful Sal Khan of Khan Academy. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think we all owe portion of our future salaries from whatever jobs we get from our <laughs> from our deg- Khan Academy is actually a charity um, so that means any money that they donate they actually it goes right back into the program and a lot of what they do actually helps to uh, provide teaching and learning in school to students in impoverished nations wow. um, 
Yeah, it's really cool. And, and the fact that it is asynchronous, you can just learn it whenever you want, means that if you are somebody who has a lot of other responsibilities, maybe that's family responsibilities, I don't know, but whatever those responsibilities may be, you can learn it whenever you have time. And that, I think, is so huge. I think Khan Academy should grant degree, degrees, but maybe I'm a little bit biased there. But anyways, those are OERs. And one of the big things, Liam, that we've been pushing over the past few years is to get SAIT to use more OERs. And they are. And not just Khan Academy. We should probably, we've spoke a lot about Khan Academy and just now. I don't want to give our listeners the impression that we're talking about just, say, just using Khan Academy. Um, a, a, an open educational resource, an OER, is really anything that is just open source kind of for anyone to use. Open license. Open license, not open source. You can't just mm-hmm. go in and edit it like you can. Wikipedia. You can. You can. That's one of the that's one of the beauties of OERs. Instructors can edit however they want. Without yeah, they can edit. They can alter it however they want without any legal repercussions. And they just need to give credit. What I'm trying to get across though to our, our listeners is that it's not like Wikipedia where you can go in uh, and just change your textbook to say whatever yeah. you want or like just yes. draw a dick in there. Like <laughs> it, nope. it's all on the up and up. But uh, it is way cheaper than going through the modern publishing process uh, through these big publishing houses, having to pay for an online license that you probably that you might not use in your course, and then maybe you resell that license to some guy who now he has a license, but he needs the textbook. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare. Or the teacher's not using your edition of the textbook, oh. so you can't sell it. Oh, my then... God. Don't even get me started on the editions. That's why we're in the place we are. It's like, that's just a, that's a scam. Yeah. There's like 13 editions. Of my thermodynamics books, I don't know if it's actually the thermo one. It might be another book. And it's like, I study science. <laughs> like, nothing has changed about the way energy manifests and changes form in the universe in the in 13 times since we started producing this textbook. Uh, it's, a, it's a total nightmare. Definitely. Um, another, so just to kind of expand on what you were talking about with OERs in general, OERs can be anything. There's, there's, uh, we've talked a little bit about some commonly used one, but when your instructor creates a worksheet for you in class and makes that kind of openly available, or your own instructor even records an example of a video on YouTube, those are all OERs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we actually, those, those fill in the blank notes that yeah you sometimes see in earlier courses or even in some later courses mm-hmm. like those are oers and if we make those accessible to more students then and make them standardized in some way then we can really keep the cost down for students mm-hmm. i mean what was the stat did we bring up the stat this episode or last episode the 1041 percent increase that was this one that was this one mm-hmm. that's nuts <laughs> if we can do anything to uh, increase the accessibility of education in Canada, the most educated country on earth. Mm-hmm. The number one most, not one of the most. That, I said that the most, most. I know, but most people, when you say that, they think like, oh yeah, we're up there. No, Liam's right. We are the most. Yeah, we are literally, we have the highest percentage of our population that has post-secondary education degrees. That also leads into um, degree inflation. Uh, which is the concept that because more of our population, in fact, the majority of our population, a slight majority, but the majority, has post-secondary education, the value of an individual's degree and diploma actually goes down societally, despite the fact that costs just keep going up. 
-hmm. So it's completely out of whack with supply, demand, and the actual real societal price of our degrees and the value that we get from them later on in life. So how do we keep those costs down without any control over the actual institution themselves? We can advocate for OERs. Mm -hmm. And if we, can get, if we can save students from that insane, insane pricing scheme that these publishing houses have created mm -hmm. over their textbooks, as if the rules about the, the nature of the universe is owned by anybody. Mm. Um, and Science. I, the, it's, <laughs> I like, it's nuts to me that their calculus book is really expensive. And I, I understand that you're actually paying for that individual's time and effort put into compiling that information. But come on, 1,041% since the 70s? Get out of town. Wild. So on that note, too, we actually have another award that is specifically for instructors that use OERs. So do you have an instructor in one of your classes that doesn't make you buy a textbook or that creates some wonderful material or just allows you to use freely available material? Uh, we have an award. It's called the um, Athena Award. Make sure you nominate your instructors. We can honor them in our award ceremony. We'll honor them with a video and a physical award as well. Um, and we want to really encourage instructors to use these OERs and save students a lot of money. Big time. And it's also a key area of our advocacy to the provincial government. Um, OERs is something that uh, a lot of different school and student, student leaders are uh, advocating for. It's something that I've been involved in advocating for. Both of us have. Definitely. Um, even just this past week at uh, when you went up to the ledge um, for ASEC, that's the Alberta Student Executive Council's Advocacy Week. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a very important and uh, nascent, I mean, it's just kind of like an up-and-coming um, idea within the world of uh, ac academia in general. And I think it's something that we should really try and make sure it gets some traction in the future. Definitely. Let's drive those costs down. Big time. Big time. Roll the musical. After that nice little ditty, I think mm -hmm. it's time that we start to put a bow on this. Mm -hmm. Put a cherry on top. Put some mm -hmm. frosting on it. Mm -hmm. This cupcake's cooked. Ooh. Do you cook cupcakes? Is that a thing? I mean, you bake them, but oh, yeah, I'm yeah. using alliteration. <laughs> I'm not in the humanities when I'm told that's a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as always, though, Ryan, I'm going to leave you with a few headlines from not just the week. We've started to... <laughs> This past week was not very good for weird headlines. There was like a headline about this kid who dug up a big mollusk in Virginia or something. And I was <laughs> like, this is not, this is not going to make the cut. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with a few headlines from the week, but not really the week. National Geographic hires Jeff Goldblum to walk around, be professionally fascinated by things. Wow. You know that pose he has where he puts his hand right on his, his finger on his chin? Yeah. yeah. I'd pay him for that. Fascinating. Rest in peace, astronaut John Young, the first man to get yelled at for smuggling a sandwich into space. <laughs> I 
GameStop, that's EB Games, rules itself essential retail and therefore immune to lockdown closures. <laughs> are, are they allowed to self-identify as essential? No, I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I would be in agreement with that one. You got nothing to do? You're stuck at home? Video games Yeah. are definitely essential. Yeah, well, there's, as we all know, there's no way to buy a video game other than going to a physical retail. <laughs> of course. <laughs> If I need a, I need a Pikachu hoodie in the middle of this pandemic. <laughs> Very essential. Hipster whines at Tech Magazine for using his picture to imply hipsters look the same. Later discovers picture was of an entirely different oh, hipster. Oh no! <laughs> Brutal. Point proven. Creator of Black Mirror says the world is too bleak right now for season six. That's fair. <laughs> That's a fair one. That, that one wasn't a even a funny one. headline. That was just a true. That's. <laughs> fact that is a that is a real headline this is an episode of black Mirror. <laughs> we're in it yeah uber's search for female ceo now narrowed down to three men <laughs> <laughs> oh my god isn't it great the wonderful society we live in <laughs> after anti-vax movement spreads to pets british veterinary Sur- association warns public dogs can't get autism Oh, my God. (laughs) That's wild. Okay, here's a personal favorite. UPS loses family's $846,000 inheritance, offers to refund $32 shipping fee. Customer service. Top notch. Yep. Texas politician alienates Twitter users by suggesting extraterrestrials need religion. Oh, my (laughs) God. extraterrestrial religion isn't that called scientology (laughs) (laughs) quote representative jonathan strickland from the texas from from the texas house of representatives if capitalized if aliens are real salvation through jesus christ is the only way they can enter heaven what's alien didn't they technically come from the heavens (laughs) 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 that's a little pun for you there Brutal, Liam. I know. Brutally good. I'm a brutal guy. All right, Ryan, I'm going to leave you with one <laughs> last headline. Brutally good. As is tradition. Mm-hmm. Gird your loins on okay. this spookiest day. Militant group Al-Shabaab announces ban on single-use plastic bags. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you got to respect their ability they're to prioritize. To the, you know, they're giving back to the world. The Asterisk, with Ryan Morstad and me, Liam Hunter. The Asterisk is a production of the SAIT Students Association. You can rate and review the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do, it might appear in future episodes. Got a question or feedback for us? Shoot us a message through SAITSA.com slash podcast. Your question might be included on a future episode as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to The Asterisk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any fine podcast monger of your choice. Thanks to State's Legacy 88 Committee for the gear to produce this episode. This podcast is supported by you, so thank you for listening. This is Liam, signing off. <laughs>